and uh, we're hitting record, and uh, let's do this. Okay. I, it's got a new little thing up here on the Zoom. It actually shows, it indicates that the uh, that we're live. Uh, Zoom did an update yesterday. You mean live like a little light? I've got a like light a little light icon. I don't think I've seen that before. Oh, there's one on mine. Maybe, maybe I've already updated. Freddie, what about you? Yeah, I see the live. Okay, I'm well, excited. now we know. Yeah, well, <laughs> now I feel like I'm live on the air, live. You know. All right. Have you got an, have let's you all just calm, on let's all just calm down. Well, now we do. Yeah. Like, they remember the old radio studio was on? Yeah, there was a light that said on air, on air. Sometimes they were rectangular and sort of, uh, you know, Art Deco looking. When I first get in the business, I wanted an on-air light in my rec room at home. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to say I wanted an on-air light in my rectum. And I was like, Jesus, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. That, yeah, right up my ass. Right up my ass. Yeah. That's yeah. what I wanted, yeah. When I first started it's amazing in, how our minds think together. <laughs> when I first started in broadcasting, I got an on-air light and I put it in my rectum. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. You know what? Good for you. Those are the days. Uh, speaking of uh, broadcasters, the... Thanksgiving episode of WKRP ran uh, on la- on the date yesterday, whatever, 40 years ago. That's the the one that radio broadcasters always refer to, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Carlson wanted to get involved. Did you, you know, it's such a great tale of of a radio. The general manager wanted to get involved in promotions. And so they came up with an idea to throw turkeys out of a helicopter. That pretty much sums up most management decisions. <laughs> Big turkey you know? drop. No, exactly. It's like the management, the guy that's not doing promotions goes, hey, I have a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, that was something, man. That episode, whoever came up with that concept and wrote that, little did they know it would live on for years and years and years. It's still... This is why I brought it up. Yeah. Quote, you know, what was the actual quote? As God is my witness, I right. thought turkeys could fly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the odd time I have this little service where I can watch some of the episodes and it's it, it's just, you know, Andy, the PD looks so much like a PD. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Johnny's one of those guys that was always at a radio station. I, I mean, they nailed it. There the, must have been guys on the staff, on the writing staff, that had some oh, sort yeah. of radio experience oh, because yeah. there's so there's so much yeah. stuff in the, that series that just plays oh, so yeah. well for small town radio. But you think about it, like all our careers can be summed up with the general manager got involved with promotions. <laughs> well, you know, I have one of those stories, like, and I loved it. Our general manager was Pat Hurley. And way back in the late 70s or 1980, maybe, we launched the AM station in Brampton called CKMW. And it was going to serve Peel Region with, like, be a real radio station, not ethnic or anything like that. Just be a radio station for that area. So we're talking about how we're going to promote the radio station within Peel Region. We're at a meeting one day and he said, okay, so then we're going to get the sandwich signs. And we said, what? He wanted all the announcers to put on these sandwich signs and go stand at busy corners. You mean sandwich boards? Sandwich, yeah. Sandwich boards. Okay. He did what? (laughs) He wanted us to wear sandwich boards. Did he? At at busy corners in Peel Region. 
And again, I was just young at the time, so I'm thinking, I guess I got to do that. But the older guys just pushed back and said, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Where does it say that we have to go and stand on street corners wearing these signs promoting the radio station? Promote it like on bus boards. Do it like normal people would, right? Promote a, a new product in Peel region. Anyway, ultimately did not have to do it. But yeah. That was going to be the thing. It was going to be. I was going to be out there like one of those, you know, you know, the muffler shop people when you drive. <laughs> no, that's right. With <laughs> the, see the guys with the sun, with the sun, and then maybe holding something with an arrow that spins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Little Caesars or the yeah. The that's pretty funny, man. Flowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, this is uh, the opening to our program, Dan. Uh, you don't have to go away right now, but I think maybe as opposed to yesterday, where we didn't actually begin the show for about forty-five minutes, why don't we like officially begin the show? Just a little change of pace today, and then just stick around, and we'll have our normal little chit chats with uh, Dan Duran. By the way, both Dan and I still vid uh, with the vid, the vid, vid uh, negative or whatever. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, picturesque Peterborough, and Fred's Brampton basement. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now here are two men who still have a big stash of Halloween candy because... They would only dish it out if the cute little tykes could answer horror trivia questions. In what 1983 movie did the world the word red rum appear in, and what does it mean? It's the mean, humble, and friend. Wow. Do, 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 do. Oh. We had uh, five kids last night, and they all came at the same time. That was it. No, it's too bad. No, it's not. It was fine. Okay, it's not too bad. I'm sorry, I'm distracted looking at something else. We had like 50. What, a nudie, a nudie picture of something? <laughs> I'm sorry, you think I'm looking at a nudie picture? Are you looking at a nudie picture? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Well, you were preoccupied. It's a client-related thing, but if, I'll tell you what. I'd rather go with nudie picture. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. reason I say that, quickly, <laughs> you know that's that guy funny who to beat- me. The guy who beat Paul Pelosi with the hammer. Yes. Uh, to, to discredit him, you know, he's an illegal alien. He is a Canadian, right? But he's been in the country for like 25 years or something. Sure. But of course, you know, the right side is trying to paint a picture of him. And apparently he used to go with a, a nudist and uh, uh, like this eccentric nudist. <laughs> and that's that's part of the spin now. It's not political. This guy's nuts. He used to go with a nudist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I know. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. They, they, that they, makes them crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. It's funny how they hone in on, you know, nudity and not in the fact that this guy, uh, DePep or DePep or whatever his name is, I don't know. the attacker, they don't want to focus in on his Facebook, which is filled with MAGA stuff, filled with QAnon stuff, filled with conspiracy stuff, filled with Fox references, right? Mm-hmm. Because, as I said to you before the show, and I read this article about people don't want to have uncomfortable conversations, mm-hmm. so they're more comfortable having a conversation about the fact that the guy that attacked Pelosi did so because he likes nudity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> fuck me. It, I know. It's just so frustrating. I mean, on so many levels. 
Well, there's the other theory, right? That that uh, the conspiracy theory that popped out of nowhere has no, no there's nothing to it except right. that it's. I guess they're thinking that it was a. They were saying that it was a uh, uh, a prostitute. That the guy was a prostitute coming in uh, for Pelosi, and they had an argument or something. Yes, how it, it transpired. Yeah. And then Elon Musk tweeted that, and of course, who's going to who's going to moderate Elon, Elon Musk's tweets anymore? Well, this is where we've gotten. You know, <laughs> Plus, he owns the damn. The minute play. something happens, you know, for your team. You strategize and you come up with stories like, uh, you know, we've said it a million times. The country doesn't matter. Decency doesn't matter. It's just what can we put quickly put together for our team as a defense? You know, and the problem with Musk doing that, and he made something about some other conspiracy thing about Hillary Clinton. He, He retracted it. But 111 million people that follow him on Twitter saw it. And just like the Pelosi stories I mentioned to you yesterday, there was a a very, very tiny story on a local Fox affiliate in San Francisco that had run with some of this misinformation, which got picked up. But they retracted it. It's just that no one picks up the retraction. No. It's easier to believe that the guy is a, a whack job nudist, and that's why he attacked the speaker. Think about that, by the way. Imagine if that were a Republican, the wife or the husband of the Speaker of the House of the Republican Party that was attacked. I understand that, Howard. But, you know, that Steve Scalise guy was he was shot at a baseball game by, you know, an an extremist lefty. I mean, it's happened. There's precedent. But see that that that's how we get in the tit for tat thing. It's all wrong. And it's like, you know, they'll come right back and say, okay, you know, the Antifa stuff and and what about the riots in the cities? Okay, yeah, that was bad, but this is bad too, right? And one was a political uprising and one was just a social uprising. They're different that way. But why can't we just recognize no matter what side it's on, this particular thing is bad? Like, what happened to that? Well, I I agree, but I would also put to you, there's way more... That's been bad on that other side. Like, what's the Democrat equivalent? Don't tell me that Black Lives Matter is the same as people no, storming your capital on the 6th of January and then pretending that wasn't so bad. No. Again, that's a so, that's social uprising. They've ha- they always happen, always will. There's a great long history. Well, great, but a long history of social uprising, which you can get your head around because sometimes people have had enough. January 6th and this stuff, this is political upright. This is completely different. This is the structure of your country. And they don't want to admit that. Why isn't it better for all, even for you, if you admit that, yeah, this Pelosi thing is bad, man. We've got to reel this in because it's bad for everybody. But you you know, yesterday, there were so many people yesterday that wanted the, those Paul Pelosi rumors or or uh, whatever you call them, uh, conspiracy theories, to be true. Oh, I hope that's true, because it'll take the heat off my side. Well, and, and as I, I, I hope said, he's to, a weirdo. Well, oh, no, so hope he's a weirdo. they don't even think that. They think, right, let's have that conversation rather than the conversation that you're saying. And I'm, you know, I pointed out that people don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation about the state of political discourse that's leading to this violence. 
in that country. And, and that Scalise thing, that, there, that it's just so much of an avalanche on the other side. This guy I was telling you about, the 60 Minutes uh, this week was about Arizona election fraud. And I know we're getting into it, and I don't want to get out of it, actually. But just quickly, like, right. the, a, an actual Republican who didn't get his primary, a guy named, uh, it doesn't matter, uh, I, I had it before the show, but anyway... His family has been attacked. His daughter's dying of cancer. He's a longtime Republican, and just because he wouldn't over, he wouldn't go along with the the election is fraud theory. He's being attacked by these extremists that his own party won't denounce. I know, and you know what side I'm on. But there's also a kid, a Republican kid, that was going door to door, and somebody beat him up. All I'm saying is. There are incidents on the other side, maybe not nearly as many, of course not. All I'm saying, it's stuff they can point to. That's why at this point, collectively, people have got together and say that, you know, that stuff over there is bad. Yes. You know, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat. We've got to keep this decent. We've got to keep this safe. But it's not happening. Yeah. And it scares the shit out of me. Well, uh, I agree. Because there's uh, so many copycats up here, I'll tell you. Well, you know, we haven't even talked about the fact that, uh, you know, in in our lifetimes, I've never seen anything like they, like was going on this past weekend in Jackson, Florida, or whatever that is, whatever shithole part of that state. But they've got all these, there was an LED. Did you see that? Somebody had put up on an overpass. Kanye Kanye was right about the Jews. It's a projector. That's a projector. Uh, there's signs all over that city. Um, like, you know, it's not, not just there. There's no other name. Another minority that 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 people would get away with doing that. Mm-hmm. No, I know. You tell me. I mean, this is a. It's so out of whack. You know, I did a little research, and this is actually I actually Googled this because I was curious. What do you think the Jewish population of the United States of America is? Throw out a number. A couple million? I don't know. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, three, four million. Seven million. 7.5 million, representing just over 2% of the population. Last year, 56% of all hate crimes mm-hmm. were against Jews. Anti-Semitism uh, globally has never been. We've had this conversation, but like this Kanye West thing. Yeah, but that applies to Toronto, too, you know. Oh, it does. I know. No, we, yeah. we've had the conversation the, about The numbers Toronto. are similar in, in Canada and Ontario. In uh, Toronto, there's 186, uh, da, 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 here it is, 188,000 Jews representing whatever tiny percent of the population. And again, over 50% of all hate crimes in Toronto, anti-Semitism. But and that, know, that, that number's climbing, too, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. With the Jewish people, though, I love their sense of community because you know all 188,000 of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do know. It's 188,710, but there's this one dude I don't know. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we can't love everybody, Freddie. But, but <laughs> you know, a week tonight in the States, it's going to be something. So if somehow, you know, that silent minority, majority, whatever you want to call it, goes out and votes Democrat, of course, they're going to question every election. But if there's the red wave that they're predicting... Well, I guess that will be all right. The, the, the election will be fine unless Democrats question it. 
But, you know, this whole Republican strategy, that's what it is. You know, young people tend to vote Democrat and still minorities tend to vote Democrat. And when they see the changing demographics in the country and they look ahead and they say, you know what, eventually we'll have no chance at winning an election. This is their strategy. This is their strategy, calling into question results now and how damaging that is for the country. And next Tuesday night, I, I, are you going to even be able to watch that? Like, I'm going to have to. It's, it's too much like the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I was, no, it is. It's going to be like that. Dan, I was telling Freddie that uh, in that world of election denying, think about it. They still are, with all the overwhelming avalanche of proof that the election wasn't stolen, 196 People running for Congress and the Senate in that country are running on the election was stolen campaign. Now, I just want to come back to the anti-Semitism. You tell me Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, could you have believed you'd see a sign that said Kanye was right about the Jews? Even during that whole uprising in Charlottesville, that really took me by surprise in 2016. Those guys with the tiki torches, because, you know, in my mostly in my lifetime, anti-Semitism has kind of been bubbling under, and it really wasn't talked about much. But I've never seen it in my lifetime as overt as it is now. And then the second part of that is: Can you imagine ten years ago, five years ago, even before Trump, having a conversation about that, that a, a bunch of grown people believe the election was stolen? Like that's so bizarre to me. But what I find disturbing about that, Howard, is I know most of those guys don't believe it. It's strategy. So that's how vicious this has become. They know, but they just look at their base and they think, what do I have to say to those dunderheads to get their vote? And that just adds a whole other layer of evil to this. They know better. You've said that. They all know better. It's not the country. It's not country first anymore with any of these people. In the long run, I wonder what is the the end goal is what no elections because every if every election is, you know, bad and every candidate that doesn't win is saying, well, the election was rigged and it doesn't make any sense to me. So what's the solution? And we were looking for uh, is it just a fascist state? We're looking for some leader like Trump and that's the solution. Well, on Bill Maher, I was telling Howard, you know, on the panel this week, and I believe Rob Reiner was one of them, and now he's an extreme. Well, okay, he leans very heavily to the left. But he made a great point with another guy, and I don't know who it was, that what Americans have to get their head around is, if Donald Trump is reelected in 2024, it may be the last election ever in the United States. Yeah, why? Because he'll never go away? Yes. And then want to hand it to his son or keep it within the family or come up with some. Because, listen, long term, the Republicans are in trouble because these young people now, you know, who are there's another thing with the United States. I saw it's like those under 30, the voter turnout traditionally is about 18 percent. There's the future of the country right now, which could be now if those people came out and voted. They just don't. A lot of the left wing uh, mobilization is around is around this idea of Rovember. They're calling it Rovember. Mm-hmm. That the uh, silent or maybe the because the, the novel the novelty of the Supreme Court decision in the spring now is worn off. It's not as out, yes. the outrage has died down. But there's this sort of sense that uh, the the idea of Rovember Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. 
might actually mobilize enough people to, as you just said, to some of that, those young under 30 numbers, under 40 numbers, the, mm-hmm. the suburban uh, numbers yeah. coming out. Do you want to hear a little bit of uh, this is actually great. I'm, I'm going to we can maybe sort of wrap it all up with a little mm-hmm. with a little taste of uh, what an actual president sounds like. Say something here. Uh, I, I know that there's some folks. Probably- By the way, this is not only a great speech, but it's I've watched this a couple of times. As a stand-up comedian my own self, it's pretty good. He does a pretty good bit here. I want you to hear it. I know that there's some folks, probably maybe not in this auditorium, but elsewhere in Wisconsin, who think, and I know these ads are running this way, that just because Mandela's named Mandela, <laughs> that it, just because he's a Democrat with a, with a funny name, <laughs> he must not be like you. He must not share your values. I mean, we've seen this. It sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so Mandela, get ready to dig up that birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the guy running in the state is uh, man, is named Mandela. But I just heard that. Get ready to dig up that birth certificate. And this is the best part, though. This is the part where Obama and remember the birther movement. Where'd that come from? Fucking Trump. Remember when that, that's the good old days. Remember when that was the craziest thing that people said? (laughs) Think about that. Like that, that wasn't that long ago. Everybody's all like, wow, that, that's some crazy stuff. Yeah, so and that's pretty good, though. He says, think about that. Think about when that was what we mm-hmm. thought was crazy, when somebody was questioning the birth certificate of the sitting president. Right. That's how it started. Yeah, and he's such a decent human being, and you may not be a Democrat, and you may not agree with his politics, but he's a decent man. Like, but none of that matters anymore. You mentioned before the Ku Klux Klan or something, or... You know, when people would organize against groups, the Jews, whatever. You just think about that years ago. I might be a guy that, you know, and lives in some suburb of Pittsburgh. And on the news, I see a KKK thing or something in the newspaper and think, I agree with those people. But you really didn't have the means to become part of it. You know, you didn't live where they were or you couldn't access what they were. Now you can become part of it in real time. Mm hmm. That hate, you can you can become a part of it right now, and then it just snowballs, and that's why it. There's no coming back from it. There isn't. Like what? It, what's the way out? Do you see one? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I've told you what I think. What? <laughs> we we need an alien intervention. This is what I've been I telling guess. you too. I've been Dan <clears throat> Dan. Tell him I've been telling you that for years, Dan. You want that alien intervention? We're in our every time you're in my yeah. kitchen. If the mood strikes me, we're a little high in our medicine. I'll say, Dan, when's the alien intervention? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yeah, but will aliens be good or will they be bad? You know, you know what the, the first thing they're going to do is Kanye was right about the Jews. <laughs> You know, that is pretty, that's pretty, you know, 
I know I'm not religious. I'm not the best Jew. I'm not a great, you know, but I am Jewish. It's almost like I, it's like I don't practice the religion, but I can't get away from the fact that I am. It's a little bit disturbing. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this the last couple of weeks, like, the, you know, the, 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 the uprising in the 30s, it's all the same thing, you know, discontent in the culture and a, the rise of Chancellor uh, Hitler and how there was a, you know, people were going away from democratic norms and, and uh, the press was all that stuff. And I was thinking, well, what, what will be the difference now? And the difference now is that, you know, even though there are only 15 million Jewish people worldwide, uh, you know, there's a lot more, I don't know how to put this, but there's some, you know, like back in the thirties, there was no, Israel wasn't a state yet. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, Mossad or whatever, the Israeli secret, you know, the death police, they're not going to fucking lay down for this shit. Like I know those people that were holding up that sign in Jackson saying, you know, Kanye was right about the Jews. Like, you know, that's I know this sounds like a movie, but that's not going to be allowed to go on. They're not going to, they're not going to round up the Jews again. That's, that's not going to happen. What is going to happen? Well, we're going to keep, you know, some shit's going down, Freddie. I can't talk about it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, in the, in the meantime. I have no idea. Along the way. You know, it's just going to get worse and more vicious. And, you know, it all gets back to the great enabler. It's, you know, you mentioned Trump. Uh, again, coming down the escalator. He, you know, he opened that door of indecency. It's just getting wider and wider. It's like, it's disgusting. Yeah, he opened it, but he... You know, and there's people in this country that still support him and think that's a good idea. Listen, 20, 30 years ago, sitting here in Canada, you know, there was a Democratic president or there was a Republican president. And you, as a Canadian, may look upon it and go, listen, my politics leans this way or that way. But you knew that there was an election coming that it may change in your favor or what you believe in or don't believe in. All that shit's out the window now. Well, and I said we've 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 taught me Obama referenced it. You know, this when Trump's bit was to question the birth, the birth of Obama. And all that was, was we had a black man in the White House. There's been a black man and a Roman Catholic. The rest have all been of a certain type, guys. And I'll tell you, you know, Bernie Sanders, as much sense as he was making, was never going to get elected because, of course, OJ. Um, All right. Listen, we got a uh, we have a real show for everyone. Dan's going to hang around for the news later. Dan Duran's news. Dan, how are you feeling? You all right? Yeah, no, I'm a little bit tired, but, you know, it goes with the territory. I'll tell you, I... uh, this has been now a full week today that I went to, a week ago I left Paris to go hang out with Lumbee in the south of France. And uh, I called him. I said, Jeff, I'm just going to let you know I'm not feeling great. If you want me to delay a day, I will or so. Till I, Because at that point I didn't know I had COVID. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, you know, everyone around, the, everyone we know has either had it or, you know, whatever. And, and uh, it's like a cold that won't go away. Like, I feel okay. I'm not like you, Dan. I don't have that fatigue, but... Uh, I definitely feel like I've got a cold in my, like a head cold. Yeah, I think you took it worse than I did. Well, no, you because you you got fatigues. Well, well, I got the fatigue. Getting out the fatigue. Did you have that, Fred? Did you? No, fatigue? no, no. Fred's lucky. immune. I, Fred's no, immune. I was quite. Oh. I was very energetic. Ah. I mean, come on, it's Fred, man. 
Yeah. No, no, I was just, listen, I'm, I was just lucky. The, the strain that I had or the dose I had, whatever you want to call it. Dose. I was cutting the lawn and I was doing stuff and I was sequestered here in the basement, but full appetite, no sore throat. Well, I mean, I, uh, my, my cold symptoms are pretty much subsided. I mean, I got a little bit of a sore throat, but I mean, I spent last week, all the rest of the week, once I arrived at just having a pretty full day. I mean, I wasn't, I I was able to get through it. It's just that uh, I tested myself again yesterday. I'm still positive and I still feel like I'm sick. Oh, you tested yourself. Oh yeah, man. I'm going to test myself. I did it. What? (laughs) You said you touched yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did that. I'm trying to get rid of my viral load. <laughs> yeah. It's just testing. That's what he said. I'm just trying to get rid of my viral load any way I can. <laughs> hey, take that, COVID. <laughs> take that, COVID. You're not going to stop my main whatever. Okay, Dan's going to come back with the news. Also, Bill Brio is going to join us. Fred, let's get some business done right now because there is a reason we're here, and that's for these fine folks. Our sweet boy, our sweet man, our great friend, uh, Tim yeah. Lit, the retirement Sherpa. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim, will he be on the show tomorrow? I know he's in travels. Uh, I will say negative to that. Uh, Tim will not be with us, I believe, for the next couple of weeks just because of his traveling around. And, uh, yeah, and it's official business because yes. he's out there learning more, doing more for you, his clients. And if you want to become a Sherpa client, uh, go to uh, retirementsherpa.ca. All the information is there. Maybe you have a portfolio and you're not sure it's performing the way you want it to. I know these are tough times, but, you know, there's always a way of looking at this thing logically and calmly, as Tim would do. So get a hold of him, uh, retirementsherpa.ca. Hey, sports fans, grab your buds and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's for big nachos, big screens, and big prizes. While you're there, why not enjoy a cold 16-ounce bud draft for only $6, plus enter for your chance to win over 500 sports prizes including NFL jerseys, soccer jerseys, and swag, and a grand prize VIP Super Bowl 57 experience. All you have to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a sports game, get a ticket, and enter to win. This contest is only on for a limited time only. Game night should not be a tame night. So grab your uh, buds and visit Kelsey's today, the original Roadhouse. Uh, Freddie, did you know that Kelsey's has been winging it? Uh, since 1978, try their legendary chicken wings mm. for half price every Thursday, sauced and styled how you like them. And, uh, and then why not wash them down? Uh, what are you waiting for? Grab your buds, head to Kelsey's for wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend right away. Offer valid with a purchase of a beverage. Must be of legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more details. Okay. Um, did um, w- did we really plan to open the show that way? And again, you know, you lean on. We tend to lean on that American politics, but this oh. is, uh, you know, this is unprecedented. This is uh, these are huge historic times that could affect us all. So we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we have to justify why it's part of the conversational. You know, the culture right now. I, I did want to mention uh, another buddy of mine that I know that died. What? Did you want to go? Did you jump back in. I'm sorry. I, you, you seem to be going in a different direction. Oh, no, 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 no. I, no, I was just, just saying, and again, I don't 
when I say that about the Americans, I don't want to leave Canada out because recently, and again, I'll say it again, I'm not a big fan of Trudeau. If there was an election tomorrow, I wouldn't vote for him. I don't know who I'd vote for. But some of the vile stuff that's written about him and said about him, it just, it's the same flavor. It comes from that. It's the copycatters accusing Trudeau of all these ridiculous, horrible things, which just are not true. Well, and that's all I'll say. Okay, and I'm going to get to my friend that died in a second. I just want to say this one last thing for me, which is when you get to the point where your political discourse includes accusing the other side of drinking the blood of babies to make their skin look younger, we've gone in a... We've gone under... That's why you can have conversations about stolen elections, because there's so much bizarre rhetoric. When the son of a former president tweets a, a picture of a hammer and underwear and says i'm going as paul pelosi for halloween you know people's level of decency has yeah. just completely been shifted yeah. in a way that you and i never saw as i know we sound like old guys but i don't care no but it's true um, and this is why it, it like you have such contempt for anybody that wants to buy into that it's like my goodness it's there it's horrible feelings you know and you can say all you want well you know there's some stuff on the other side not like that Okay, Uh, just really quickly, I won't dwell on this. You don't know this guy. He's one of the guys I knew sort of in my, you know, I had a bunch of different stages of being a Yuck Yucks guy. So when I was younger, I was part of the entire 80s. I worked at Yuck Yucks. Then I moved to Toronto. I'd stopped doing stand up for a while. Started up again. I hosted some amateur nights and such at the uh, downtown club. That went away. And then about, you know, six, seven years ago, I started up doing it again. And through all of this, I knew a guy named Tim Steves. Does that name ring a bell with you? Did we ever have him on the show? Yeah, uh, probably during the yeah. during the uh, satellite years. We were definitely had it. He would have been one of the okay. people we would have had on. Just right. a, a guy a little younger than me, a little younger than us, probably mid fifties mm-hmm. though, not a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's famous for he worked on this hour. He was one of the writers for this hour as twenty two minutes for years. Mm-hmm. He also co created. He worked for the Mercer Report, but he also co created that really cool thing that rick did called talking to americans which now you see yes now you see those guys like jordan klepper from the comedy central whatever and a bunch of guys like that the good liars they all do that thing but that was a a rick mercer bit from years ago and tim was part of that Mm -hmm. and i found out from my brother steven who of course works a lot with just for laughs comics and such he sent me a note when i was in france saying hey just heard that Tim Steves died, which is a drag. And I went back over some Facebook messages I'd had with him recently. I, I mean, within the last, you know, a few years, I saw Tim quite a bit. And because we were, uh, you know, a little older than some of the younger kids that we were around, oftentimes we talk about guys we knew, guys we knew that died. He knew all the same people I did, Mike McDonald, Norm McDonald. He had just all those people that were part of my life at one time. And I just felt bad because he was a young dude, like mid-50s. And I didn't know, no, one of those things, I didn't know he was sick. I I know one of his very, very good friends. And I saw that guy just a couple months ago and he never said anything. So it's kind of a drag. The guy's name was Tim Steves. And if you're a comedy fan in Canada, you might know that name. You certainly know his work. Sick with what? Prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know any other details. At first, by the way, I heard it was pancreatic, Mm. which kind of... Not sure I say made more sense. Having not heard that Tim was ill at all, 
Anyway, I reached out to our buddy Steve Patterson and I said, hey, just I just got back from uh, out of the country. Just let me know if you hear anything like a memorial or something. I'll see if I can drop by. And Tim, that's where as Steve said Tim was uh, sick with prostate cancer for quite some time. Anyhow, just uh, I thought I'd pass it along because I know a lot of people listening to us are, you know, fans of uh, comedy. Not ours, obviously, but <laughs> but uh, I will say he's one of those guys when when I first started doing stand up again four or five years ago and I worked with him a, a weekend at Yuck Yucks. He was just really nice. Sent me a nice note at the end of the weekend saying, hey, it's great to see you again. And I just read, you know, read this. Thing. It's great to see you again. Hang in there. You're doing great. And just very, you know, like a, comedians are a lot like radio people, pretty competitive. And when you find somebody that's encouraging, it's nice. You know, it's a it's a rare thing in our business. So anyway, that's all. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, it sucks, man. You get to be our age more and more. You're you hear of uh, you know. Yeah, I've been a lot of comics, man. A lot of Toronto, a lot of Canadian comedians. Lawrence Morgan, Morgan Stern, mm-hmm. who you knew. Uh, a couple of young guys that neither of us really were part of our world, but just died recently. Young comedians. And again, this is, you know, <laughs> to get back to the evil that's amongst us now. Again, even here in Canada, like Theo Fleury and Jamie Soleil and all these people, that faction of Canadians now, they take any death now and tie it to... To COVID and... To COVID and the vaccine. And the vaccine. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, I shouldn't say COVID. They tie it to the vaccine. Not to COVID necessarily. Because that doesn't work for them, right? If you pretend that COVID is a real bad thing. They're more concerned with the vaccine. They want that to kill you so that they have more <laughs> For whatever reason. I haven't asked Dan this, but I've thought about it. And I'd ask you this, this question. Like, I wonder, I, I, whatever level of sick I am and have been the last week, I wonder what it would have been like if we hadn't been vaccinated. Yeah, that's a great question. Howard, when COVID first happened, before the um, um, vaccine was developed and introduced or whatever, you remember those those pictures of refrigerator trucks full of bodies. It was killing people at a horrible rate. Is that happening anymore? Yeah, no, it's not happening anymore. Although, you know what I'm saying. So, so, so there, there you go. I mean, sure, it's still killing some people on some, but when it first happened, when it was first a thing, and before the vaccine, just look at the situation that we were in in Canada and the United States. The people that were dying, you know, old age homes and in hospitals and stuff, and then all of a sudden, since. The vaccine has been developed. Yeah. You know, is there some holes and openings and, and, and vulnerabilities with it? Yes. But the death rate is just, it's just virtually been stopped. Do, do you remember those scenes from New York when it, in, yeah. in the spring of 2020, where they were yes. creating like mobile morgues? Yes. You don't see that anymore. No. But even that's not good enough for those who, for whatever reason, you know, that's become their, uh, that's become their reason for getting up in the morning to go after the, the vaccine and those who have produced it and those who support it. It's weird. The, uh, just quickly before we move on, the, um, 
China announced that they are going back into lockdown. They have a zero tolerance COVID policy and mm-hmm. different like the Wuhan, the Wuhan province, you know, the China virus. Anyway, they've uh, started locking down again. And I thought, you know, are we just so like blissfully naive now? Or what would that be like in North America? I don't, you know what? I don't even I don't even know if I want to dwell on it because it's so depressing. Because the last time we had lockdown, the economy was humming along pretty good. And people's psyches were mm-hmm. all think about what it did to people psyche wise when when the economy was good what do you think it's going to be like now that the canadian that canada lost 900 billion dollars in home value in the last quarter of this year the one that just passed Mm -hmm. what's that going to be like ladies and gentlemen i don't know and you know what's lost on a lot of these nitwits if we have to take measures again it just it's it's it it comes back to hospital capacity. I mean, that's the problem in our society right now. We have a problem with hospitals and staffing and you know beds, and that's why it will be done. It won't be some crazy thing where you know we're overreacting, we're trying to control your lives, and you know there's some ulterior motive out there that you know the vicious people that drink blood and want to. Oh yeah, babies. <laughs> it's it. All, it's going to be very simple, people. The hospitals won't be able to take it, so we're going to have to take measures to protect them. It's that simple. Well, I can tell you, I hope that doesn't happen because, you know, well, like may. I said, well, I know, but yeah. I'm just telling you, we were in a fairly buoyant state, mm-hmm. psyche-wise as a culture. You know, that was before the election was stolen, people. That was before we'd had two years of it. That's why I said I'm not surely... You know, we, we can entertain this conversation as it goes along. In the meantime, we've got to get ready because Mr. Uh, Bill Brio will be standing by here in a second. And I want to talk a little bit about the... Uh, now, you know, we've, we've got a new client, EV Rental. And uh, the first week I had a chance to test drive a Tesla. This week I've got a, a Kia Kona. It's a small SUV. And I was driving it around yesterday, totally electric. And I was thinking of you because, you are you know, you've been an SUV Kia guy for a long time. And, and these things are amazing because, remember, you're not buying gas. It's completely electric. And the EVnet.ca client experience is so different because a lot of people like me, like you, haven't... You know, haven't had a chance to drive one of these things. And a lot of these dealerships uh, that sell electric cars, they don't even have cars for you to test drive. So here's a chance for you to get uh, into an electric car. They've got Bolts, Konas, Outlanders, Nissan Leafs, and the Tesla Model 3 that I was driving. Just go to evnet.ca. And you'll see in a completely different client buying experience. Any vehicle for rental is also for sale. And there are higher end vehicles available for sale that are not part of the rental uh, fleet. Go check it out yourself. EVnet.ca, Frederick. Well, uh, Game 3 of the World Series was postponed last night. It'll happen tonight in Philadelphia. The first game in Philadelphia, the Houston Astros. Minus 125, they are the favorite. The over-under on that game is eight runs. You know, the Phillies are um, managed by a Canadian guy, and I forget his name right off. Tom Thomas? Thomas Thompson? Off the top of my head. 
What a lousy reporter I am. Yeah, anyway, we, wait a second. And also, you never you are a lousy reporter because you never told us why the game was uh, postponed. Well, weather. Well, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, what else would it be? Halloween? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I just thought that would go without saying. Okay. But, you know, you're also, uh, you'd know that and the name of the manager. Tom Thomas, the guy that used to be. Is he one of the Canadian seven? He's one of the group of seven. Tom Tomlinson, yeah. whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> and, you know, I've read his name a million times in the past. Sure you time. have. That's sad. Anyway, Listen, I didn't mean to jump on. You're a great reporter. A great reporter. <laughs> Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading world-class sportsbook and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book they've been providing canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 yeah go there today yeah uh, w- wager on the world series mm-hmm. mm. uh all right just uh gotta make sure i remember this for bill brio uh started watching something last night bill go, go ahead and sign on there buddy stanley tucci um have I There's, signed on? Yeah, you're there, man. Uh, before we get into the actual me- meat and bones of whatever Bill Brio's appearance, you know, I'll introduce him officially in a second. But Bill, first of all, how are you, man? I'm well, Howard and Fred. How are you guys? Good. I'm. I got the vid. I got the COVID right now. I'm all coded. Oh, up. yeah, man. Yeah, I, did, you, I heard that yesterday. Sorry about that. What are you gonna do? Have Fred, you had Fred, it? You've had it too, right? Yes. Yeah, but his immune system is like a superhero. Did you have it, uh, Bill? Not so far that I know of, uh, Howard Knockwood, but, uh, you know, any minute now, probably. Well, I'll tell you, I thought I had it in the spring, but I didn't. I had a cold because it's completely different than this. Um, I read something this morning. and I thought, I wonder if Bill's heard this. And it's an interesting uh, way for us to go from politics, which we've been talking about now for 45 minutes, to kind of segue to entertainment. There was a story going around. At first, I thought it was one of those clickbait stories, but I've actually gone a couple different places now that... Uh, Julia Roberts, who is an actress and uh, yummy, yummy, super juice. Fa- yeah, she's Juice Factory. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those boots she was wearing in Pretty Woman? Yeah. Okay, I do. Whatever. Yeah. It's the lips that get me. Share the lips and boots. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that her parents, Julia Roberts' parents, had a little kids theater school back in Atlanta in the sixties. And Coretta Scott King, Martin Luther King's wife, called the school up and said, hey, would you mind if I brought my kids over? And they, and they were little black kids, which you, didn't want, which you couldn't have in the 60s without, you know, the prejudice and such. And uh, Julia Roberts' parents have welcomed the Scots' kids and Martin Luther King's kids to this school with open arms. Well, it turns out when Julia Roberts was born, Julia's parents had run into some hard times. And the people that paid for her birth were Martin Luther King and his wife. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Did not know that. That's, uh, that's okay. Wow. Now, see, now I'm tying it all in, Bill. Entertainment, politics. How would, how, I mean, in 55 years, Julia Roberts, I've never heard that story till now. Yeah. No, I hadn't either. I, I, it's just not one of those stories that comes up. I don't know. Um, so they paid the hospital bill, the, the Martin Luther King. And how bill. much was it? How do you have the the number? What was <laughs> oh, the bill? Why would I what know? What was because, the dollar value? Mr. Come on, be a reporter. <laughs> what? 
At least I got the names of the people right. <laughs> oh, that's hard. They're they're superstars. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say, dude, I should know how much they paid for the bill because of Kanye. Is that because of Kanye? Yeah, yeah. Because my people all know that stuff. Your people. My people. Hey, uh, let's uh, welcome officially now one of our favorite. We only have, we've got it. We've figured the whole thing out now. We've got about six people that make appearances on our show. People we can hack. Uh, he is one of them. And for years, uh, TV has been feeding his family. And now it uh, feeds his soul. Welcome back to our program, Bill Brio. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Did you uh, have anything to say about, I know it's not part of your notes, but anything to say about Netflix as of today, uh, including ads for five ninety nine a month. Yeah, no, today's the day in Canada, and uh, this is part of the big retreat that all of these uh, streaming services are going to make. Uh, there was a poll just released, and in Canada, people are dumping streaming services left and right. Um, and I think part of it is every time you go to the pump or the grocery store, everything is twice as much as the last time so if you're looking for discretionary income you might think well do i need to spend a half an hour flipping through netflix trying to find anything anything to watch Mm. um every month so um these services have hit the wall you know that netflix has uh, stopped growing which they they just grew and grew for 10 years and uh, now they're trying anything to try to claw back some income. They're clamping down on people uh, sharing passwords. And, uh, yeah, they're all taking a hard look on ad-supported video on demand. Um, you know, people have probably seen Tubi or Pluto TV. There's services out there that have been doing this. And those people are growing. Those, those businesses are doing well because they're very, very affordable. And it looks like people are willing to sit through ads um, and that's what the Netflix mm-hmm. is, is, is suggesting, that if you can put up with four or five minutes of ads per hour, they're short 15-minute ads, sort of like the ads you see if you're on your phone and you have to sit through a 15-minute car ad. 15 seconds, you mean, not 15, yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, 15-second ad to see some kid fall off his bike or a baby chimp or something. Like This is what's, what's happening. TV is going back to ad revenue, and uh, they're going to see if that works at a lower income, lower price. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people just do their own personal inventory and they think, okay, you know, I got this service, that service at different times. Now, at the end of the month, I got to sit down and think, how much did I actually use it based right. on what I'm, what it's costing me? One other thing I'll mention here, and not, not that it's me, it's somebody else I know. Mm, who's that? I'm surprised this IPTV phenomenon, I'll call it, hasn't taken ground more because the services are a lot better now like you know they used to have trouble with buffering and stuff some of that IPTV out there for 15 bucks a month gives you thousands of channels and it's all pirated and it's illegal i guess is that like a fire stick freddy IPTV what does that mean yeah or you can just oh you know, ip you can, you can stream it. Yeah. right right IPTV i get it you know what i'm saying bill cuz a lot of the stuff that you see on those services is pirated and put on these IPTV Terrible. services like when you pull up to a red light and you often you see the little signs IPTV 15 bucks a month with a phone number well anyway the point is that some of those services have been refined to such a degree that I can yeah. see a lot of people hopping over there to save right. it's, money. It's kind of ironic when you think of it. It's it's streaming, and it's called IPTV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this on? That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's when you pee, you stream. I get it. I just stream. Yeah. I love the fact that there was this kind of collective pause. Where I'm like, well, I didn't get it right away, but I've got COVID, uh, uh, Bill. Um, 
Hey, Bill, I, we were t- talking about the uh, streaming yesterday and the, the, the price and whatever, but none of us could figure out, okay, so do you under, or maybe you don't know either, the way that Netflix is going to roll this out. Is it going to be just like five minutes per hour that you've watched? Is it a, how will they recon, reconcile? Like if you just started watching a show and then bail on it after 20 minutes, do you get a, a video in between or... Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I understand, it's spread out over the hours. So, you know, you'll start watching, say, uh, any, some show or movie. There'll be uh, two 15-minute ads at the beginning, and then uh, 11, 12, 15 minutes in, there'll be two more, and that goes on for the hour. It's not like a, a chunk of them at the top of the hour or at the mm-hmm. end of the hour. So that's the annoying thing is they're going to interrupt. If you, if you thought, wow, streaming, I can watch movies uncut and uninterrupted, uh, in high definition. This isn't that. The definition is not going to be as clear uh, either, and the choices are uh, a little limited from what you normally watch mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, and also, yeah, you're going to, you know, it's, I don't think it works in terms of movies because nobody wants to have their movies interrupted anymore. But uh, if you're just getting it to watch, uh, some you know some of their uh, TV shows. Uh, a lot of what's the most popular shows on Netflix, by the way, are reruns of shows on other mm-hmm. channels. Like Grey's yeah. Anatomy is in the top ten mm-hmm. of shows that are streamed on Netflix. So yeah. you're used to that being interrupted. So if that's all you're doing, you'll probably say, "Wow, I can save." 15 bucks off of my regular Netflix subscription. Um, yeah. But you even look at Grey's Anatomy there on Netflix. Maybe if you had never seen it before and you'd heard about the show, now you start watching it on Netflix uninterrupted and you really, you like that. You yes. Know? Yeah. No, it's hard to go back. So, yeah. The, the, but, you know, the other, they're, they're doing this because they want, to continue to get subscriptions and they want the ad revenue and they, and then they've looked at what's happening and they're looking, you know, people are just going to continue to dump at 15, 16, $18 mm-hmm. a month. So we better offer them something cheaper. And Disney's going to do this. Disney plus is introducing their service in December in Canada for seven ninety nine, uh, they're all taking a hard look at it. They're all looking at Netflix, right? Yeah. If they fall on their face, uh, but if they figure it out, they're all on board. Uh, Bill, uh, uh, Dan brought this up yesterday, and I don't know if you know the answer, but okay, so you're watching a movie on Netflix, they insert commercials, are they going to wait to a to a, a, a part in the movie where, y- you know, a change of scene or something, or is it going to be like YouTube, where it's just going to be abrupt right mid-sentence? If you look at the track record on something like Tubi, it's just going to happen, right. <laughs> you know, and sometimes on Tubi, I've noticed... Uh, they literally will tell you in the corner, you've got six, five, four, three right. seconds. They, they say the, the ad. ad's going to start in, in five seconds. They do that on yeah. YouTube as well. So That's I expect it's, I don't, it's not going to be programmed. Then. Yeah. I don't think it'll be professionally done, but I don't know. Maybe uh, I think there's all kinds of question marks here, Fred, too. If, if you're um, already paying, maybe, you know, and you could pay up to $20 a month now on Netflix mm-hmm. and that gives you, you can share it with five places in your house and all the rest of it. Um, well, and then you switch to this thing. So Netflix is actually out like 70% of the money they were getting from you. They're, they're going to be cannibalizing their own business. So mm-hmm. they must really feel a lot of people are going to be dumping their subscription. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I think they'll idea. be surprised because sorry to finish you off no. there at the end, but I, I don't think I think based on this conversation and the conversations that people are going to have. Just what you said, if if you've never seen Grey's Anatomy 
and and you want to watch it uninterrupted, that five ninety nine, it's really for for the sake of another ten dollars, you're gonna not want to see those commercials. I don't. I'm just gonna. I'll be interested to see how many people opt into that. Opt into that as a as a way to watch Netflix. But Howard, I think the key there is, yeah, ten dollars for Netflix, but then ten dollars here, ten dollars there, ten. So what's going to happen? People yeah. are going to start making decisions. Okay, I'll pay ten dollars more for Netflix, but that means Prime is gone. Right. Or, well, I, I should draw Disney Prime. Is gone. I, I've, I, huh? I was going to say, Billy, I haven't watched. I mean, I just started watching a new series on Netflix. I'll bring it up at the end. But uh, let's get to some of your other recommends because you know here we are talking about Netflix as a streaming service. There's Paramount. There's Apple, and I've seen ads for this new series starring uh, Charlie Hunan, who I enjoyed in Sons of Anarchy, and I'm interested yeah. in it, but I don't know if I'm interested in it enough to get Apple TV. Well, that's the ultimate question, and uh, you know, you maybe if if Ted Lasso was also coming back the same month, right? You need a yeah, ab- absolutely for sure. Uh, and we're all waiting on word when that will be coming back. But they've wrapped up filming on Ted Lasso, at least. Um, yeah, I've seen uh, the first three episodes of Shantaram. It's really good, and uh, Charlie, uh, um, uh, oh my God, uh, Hunan is in Toronto right now. They're doing a screening tonight at TIFF. Uh, to promote this, um, the the series is already five episodes are up now uh, to watch, and it's set. It's based on a novel, and it's a very action adventure show. It's uh, set in India. This is a guy who's who's broken free. He's he bust out of jail, and he's trying to lose himself. He's on the run in India, and um, it's sort of a very much. Um, uh, it's hard hard to explain it all, but it, it, it's compelling show it's about more than just uh, a guy on the on the lamb it's it's existential you know there's some heavy stuff to it that's very but it's woven in a very entertaining way and uh he is very charismatic as an actor and in this and there are others none of the people uh, uh, other folks you would know of they're they're not uh, well known names but they're all very good as well so i i definitely recommend it okay also the uh, crown uh, I can't quite recall if I'm up to date with the seasons, but this is season five now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and where uh, are we at? Is, like, I know the it, real queen's dead, but what's going on in the crown? Right. Uh, well, they plan to make six. So there's one more to go. And this particular season, they've jumped ahead like 15 years from where you last saw them. And so it's not Olivia Coleman anymore. They've recast the queen. And, and, and it's more about... Uh, Lady Di, Princess Diana, and her story this particular season. So you're going to see her introduced, and then um, things go wrong. <laughs> and, uh, well, yes, they, they show do. the meetings, the strategy meetings, on how are we going to kill her? How are we going to do this and make it look? It's <laughs> funny. Well, hey, dude, hang know. on a second, Billy. Freddie, I was in, as you know, I was in Paris last week, and they we were on the hop on, hop off bus. And at one point, he says, so and so, that's the tunnel. And I'm like, oh, I should take a picture for Fred and say, this is where they killed your princess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, they won't get to her death, I think, until next season. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's. I, I just wonder if people are as interested now that Queen Elizabeth is gone in the crown. I, I, I think that they had the big party. They wrapped up the, the royal family show. Charles is king. And who cares? Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if a fictitious series is going to start tanking because the real queen. That's not why I watched it, <laughs> but that's well, fine. Yeah, good, good point. But, um, you know, it, it, it's certainly one of Netflix's big shows. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine it will have a strong return but um i you know you get it's it's an interesting series it gets a lot of criticism for being um you know not a documentary but it's not a documentary you know like it it is a scripted show yeah i've enjoyed it actually from what i remember bill i've had a couple of recommendations maybe your thoughts on them uh i think it's on disney it's called the bear yeah yeah i've heard about that what's that all about it's supposed to be very good i highly recommend it is that about a bear It's not about about a a guy in a kitchen who's, uh, uh, you know, he's an expert chef and he's surrounded by folks. And it's just uh, very much the backstory of people preparing meals in uh, in restaurants. I would love uh, it. I know you would. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's well done. What's the other other one? one, Because I love him so much. um, uh, Jeff Bridges is uh, something called The Old Man, too. Have you seen that? That's been recommended as well. it has been, and Fred, I must say, I have not, haven't mm. seen it yet, but, you know, Jeff Bridges is in it. How can it be uh, not good? Uh, this is it. This yeah. is it. I just right started now. watching, speaking of chefs and cooking, uh, Stanley Tucci's in a new series on mm-hmm. Netflix. I got two episodes. I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out something to watch yesterday afternoon in between, you know, bouts of the vid here, and uh, I started watching it. It's pretty good. It's called Inside Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it, Bill. It's four episodes. Yeah. It's a limited series. But I like Stanley Tucci. He's playing a guy on death row that helps uh, police solve crimes because he's a former professor of criminology. And it's pretty interesting. It's a little bit of, I don't know, silence, not silence of the lambs. But it's got that feel to it where he's trying to help somebody out from inside a cell and when you're watching it, don't you keep waiting for him to like taste the pasta? Or? Exactly. Well, that's so funny you, you know, say that because I've been watching. Exactly, I've been watching so much of Stanley Tucci goes to yeah. Italy. I'm like, I can't even take him seriously as an actor anymore. That's right. I, I've been watching. Uh, so I kind of like this show, Selena Gomez and Chef, and it's basically Selena Gomez at her house trying to learn how to cook, and each episode has. Uh, uh, one of the foremost chefs uh, uh, via uh, uh, a remote screen like this, just walking her through boiling the water and and, and <laughs> nice. doing all this kind of stuff, and it, it's kind of cute. I don't know. There's something about her. She actually is trying to do, trying to learn how to cook, and it's it's kind of fun to watch. And then Dan Levy's got a cooking show coming up, uh, and it's a competition show coming in November nice. where 10 chefs who are trying to restore neighborhoods mm. are competing uh, for a $300,000 prize. So that's another cooking show coming up. Old Dan Levy, he's sure uh, riding the wave, isn't he? Good yeah, he's him. figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking of Canadians, I, I mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago uh, before you came on. That a, a kid that wrote for kid, he's not a guy our age that wrote for uh, this hour has 22 minutes and the Mercer report, a buddy of mine, Tim Steves yeah. died. And I had mentioned to Fred that I'd, you know, known Tim a long time as a standup. Did you have any, you know who he was? Sure. Absolutely. More as a writer for yeah. Mercer and for 22 minutes. And, you know, looking at the comments from uh, folks on those shows, uh, the whole community's in mourning. This guy was beloved, so yeah. I wish I had known him better. Yeah, a real sweet guy. And speaking of comedians, let's finish off with a final recommend from Bill Brio. It's B-R-I-O-U-X. TV feeds my family. He's got a podcast. We'll tell you how to get all that. But first, the uh, stand-up comedy uh, comic Mo Amur, 
Well, I, I like his stand-up. I I'm not, I, I'm probably haven't seen a, an hour of his stuff, but he's pretty funny. And you say he's got a new series. He does. He has a stand-up special out as well. Uh, and his series... I don't know if any if you guys saw uh, Rami, which was um, I've seen some uh, episodes on your recommend. Yeah. Yes, it's on Crave here and uh, Hulu in the states, and it's uh, basically uh, another stand-up comedian, uh, uh, Rami Youssef, who is uh, Egyptian, and so it's just a look at the world through uh, the Middle East and and these guys in America trying to cope with being Muslim in a in a very um, different world uh and mo amir was was on that rami show he, he sort of ran the uh cafeteria there in in certain scenes but here he's uh it plays a palestinian and uh doesn't have his green card his family are refugees they're trying to ma- figure things out and um his personality is very aggressive he's like more of an aggressive comic um and so he's he's really funny all the time when, when he's, his character uh is is ramped up and uh it's just very different from rami and uh uh it, but it's a terrific show it's been out for a couple of months i just caught up with it lately and uh streamed through the eight episodes very quickly it's very very well made but it's it's not just funny it's just an eye-opener in terms of a whole other culture and people coping here in north america very good. Very good. How do people uh, access your award-winning podcast? Wow, I didn't hear about that. Does that? That's fantastic, Bill. Um, just Bill. Just yes well, and me. You've got awards. No, you're like yeah, us. You're exactly. Awards, Bill, you just, just yes know. and me for crying. I have that. some hockey trophies from yes, when I was do. a kid. Hey, do you know um, the name of the guy, the Canadian guy that's uh, managing uh, Philadelphia? Yeah, have you figured that out yet? We don't know. Did you know that uh, uh, last Friday, Rob Thompson, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, wrote his own page at baseball's history books when he became the first Canadian to ever manage a team in the World Series? Rob Thompson? Rob Thompson. Okay. Well, there you go. I did not know that. I did not know that. No. Ah! Uh, where, where you can find me? B-R-I-O-U-X, as in X-Files, dot TV. And that's uh, where I write about TV every day. And then... The podcast, please give a listen. We've got uh, Mitch Markowitz, the surviving member of Hilarious House of Frightenstein. He's up there now talking about Igor and Billy Van and all of that good stuff for Halloween. Yeah, very cool, man. I love uh, having these conversations with you and talking television. And we appreciate you being part of our program, Bill. It's not, you know, we... Well, you don't want to take it for granted, okay? And uh, I love coming on. It's always fun. It's a great chat. Thank you for having me. And uh, you're I one of our guys, you're... man. Well, I appreciate it, guys. It's fun, and I hope you're feeling uh, much better, Howard. Uh, get over this COVID thing quickly. Well, thank you, sir. I'm hoping to because uh, I'm getting out of here again. I was uh, away for about ten days, and then in ten days' time, I'm going away for a month because I'm I'm now too officially too old for. Uh, for Canada's winter. Although, guys, I did put down this to... Have you not noticed? I, I mean, I've been looking at the weather here, but mm. we're having quite a stretch of like nice weather. In fact, this weekend, I just looked ahead, I'm going to be golfing on Saturday. It's 20 degrees for yeah, Saturday. It's amazing. I, I keep thinking, i got to get up north and shut down the cottage, and I'm thinking, well, I'll wait another week, because it's pretty nice out. <laughs> so... Um, no, and I saw on the news last night that they predict a very mild November. Well, there you go. 
Fingers crossed. That's great. See, there are some we need to look on sometimes, Bill, the brighter side of things. Bill Brio, everyone. TV feeds his family. Always great having Bill hang out with us. Uh, Dan Duran's coming back here uh, momentarily. We'll get to uh, Dan Duran's news. But first, uh, Freddie, let's uh, acknowledge these fine folks. All right, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. We've told you about it for years. And uh, listen, if you have a small business and you've thought about a benefits package for your group of people that you love and you're proud of and do you uh, a lot of good work, uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is the way to go. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. 30,000 Canadian businesses part of it. Uh, been around for 40 years. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. It's all there, including this white badge right in the middle that says get a free quote and you can it's that simple you'll get an idea of what it's going to cost you and i'll tell you you'll be pleasantly surprised what you get for what you pay and how they've kept the premiums under control over the past several years because hey they keep in mind that small businesses involved here you can't take a big hit every year so they've done a great job that way okay so dental and prescriptions and all sorts of products under this Chamber of Commerce Group Insurance Plan umbrella. Nala! Chamber, um, chamberplan.ca. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry for yelling Nala in the, in the middle of your... That, rhy- that rhymes with Mandela. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, this program also brought to you by GoDaddy. Man, we had a great conversation yesterday with another entrepreneur that has been using GoDaddy like other small businesses and entrepreneurs... Uh, for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, credit website, and everything else you need to get your business online. Do it. If you're looking for a little extra, little side hustle, maybe some idea you've been dreaming about for a while, uh, today you can start your website for free. That's no money with GoDaddy. Try it out. No credit cards even required. You get 24-7 phone support. And they're there to help you every step of the way. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I just looked at my phone. And uh, during our discussion with uh, Bill Brio, I got a couple notes. Uh, Dan Duran, what about Andor? All right, sci-fi nerd. We all get it. You want Enough already. Watch something else. Well, Andor, it's, it's a great uh, Star Wars spinoff. Yes, of all you, the spinoffs, yes. this is the one that I appreciate the okay, most. Okay, when you mention I that. I recommend. And recommend. you know what? When you're here visiting at some point yeah. this winter, we'll uh, sit down and watch an episode because I know you're you're yeah. very excited that I watch it. Darren Waslick, you may have heard of him. He just uh, wrote a note saying, uh, totally recommend The Bear Eight 30-minute episodes. Doll will like it. Heartwarming. Genuine, funny, great characters. Well-acted. Excellent soundtracks. All of it. Yeah, he was the one that recommended The Bear and The Old Man to me, which I will make a note of uh, because I'm not going to be watching the Toronto Maple Leafs for the next, uh, for the foreseeable future. And it's it's funny how it's opened up nights uh, in the winter. It's great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he uh, hey, he's, he also okay, recommend. Yeah, he's um, re- just wrote me the same note. He says just start with the. Uh, he says the old man's good, but he says start with the bear. Okay. Um, streaming. Uh, we've been talking about streaming in the uh, past several minutes. Um, yesterday, I sent you a little note too uh, on Amazon Music. It's a week ahead because you know an episode ahead. But uh, on Smartless this week. 
you got to wait till next week to get it on Spotify is uh, Wayne Gretzky. And I'll tell you, it's a good episode. Listen to the average American. I'm not sure maybe, but to a Canadian guy listening to them talk to Wayne Gretzky and what a nice guy he is. Yeah. Whose guest was he? Uh, Will. Yeah. Or Will uh, Arnett's. In, in fact, the story is Will Arnett, crazy hockey fan, a few years ago gets on the plane with his five-year-old son to come back to Toronto to see his parents, just him and his son. Wayne Gretzky gets on, the last guy on the plane, and sits down a couple of rows in front of him. And Will Arnett is thinking, oh, my God, Wayne Gretzky's on the same plane as me. Plane takes off, levels off. Wayne Gretzky gets out of its seat, come back, comes back to Will Arnett and says, hi, hi, Will, I'm Wayne. Great to meet you. <laughs> he did. He said, I love your stuff. Hey, maybe we should hang out. When you get to Toronto, maybe we should hang out together. And then Gretzky goes back to his seat, and he says, I looked at my five-year-old son and said, Wayne Gretzky. Just- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Five-year-old son, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so good. You know, I, I, yeah. uh, you know, we had. I can't remember. I guess Lumby and I were talking about Smartless, and we all we all liked it. The discussion was just that sometimes, and I, it's what's gotten a bit frustrating is that they get these great guests, mm-hmm. and you never get to hear them answer a question because our net shtick is so funny and blah blah blah. And again, I get it. It's that's not what they're there for. But it can. It made me think of this interview I heard. Uh, Mark Marin, his style is a lot more like ours in that, you know, he had a, he had an interview with George Clooney that I thought was fascinating. He, and he, he let yeah. George tell some stories and that's really why I've sort of kind of gotten away from smartless a bit. It's funny, you know, me and my wife, the way we clash sometimes. <laughs> I said that to her the other day. She said something about Smartless. I really haven't listened and lately. And she said, why? And I said, well, I, I find it a bit frustrating because they get guests on. And they leave me sitting there going, why didn't you ask this question? Why didn't you ask that question? Or they'll ask a question and there'll be an obvious follow-up and they don't because they go off onto the shtick and stuff. And she totally disagreed with me. I said, sometimes I'd like it a little more compelling, a little more maybe political, whatever, mm-hmm. to get a better idea of who that person is. And then she went on about, well, all the other shows do that. They don't. And that's what's good about them. And I said, well, that's great. If that's great for you, super. But it hasn't been working for me until yesterday, which was uh, a pretty good show. Because Gretzky tells a lot of great little stories about him and his dad and his kids. And it's it's uh, highly recommended by this reporter. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if this reporter saw that Wayne Gretzky... Uh, was there on Sunday at the last uh, live Saudi golf Trump event at Trump Doral. Sitting there. Oh, yeah. Hanging out with DJ, his son-in-law. Oh, and there was like a, that. Yeah, there's a shot next to him and uh, President Dickface. Anyway, really? I'll, I'll let that go because he is the great one. Like hockey, well, Jesus. no, that that you know that um, seriously disappoints me. Although on this podcast on uh, Smartless, he, he talks about DJ and what a great guy he is and a great son-in-law. And uh, Dustin Johnson always refers to him as Sir. Well, apparently, and the story goes in the golf world that Wayne was instrumental fifteen-ish years ago of getting Dustin to kind of understand, like, hey, you have a responsibility with somebody of your talent. Because Dustin was a pretty wild kid in his 20s. You know, there's lots of stories of him, you know, drugs and partying and such. And Gretzky, when he got involved with uh, Paulina, Gretzky kind of took him aside and said, let me just give you a little. You only have this many years to be 
this talented. And Dustin, mm-hmm. apparently, to his credit, took his uh, advice, which is why he reveres Gretzky so much, because it turned him into the number one player on, in the world for quite some time. Yeah. And he's had a Hall of Fame career. Dustin Johnson, as much as a doughhead as he can be, he's a, he's a, he'll go down as one of the greats of, of that sport, you know. And apparently credits Gretzky with it. So, well, and Gretzky says he's still nervous when he plays golf with Dustin. <laughs> I guess so. often Dustin Johnson will say, "Let's go to the um, the driving range," and Gretzky says, "No, I don't want to go to the. Driving range. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get any better than I am. I just enjoy going out." So. No, I don't want to practice, and I don't want to go to the driving range. But he says now when he plays with DJ, he's, you know, he's still a bit nervous because, you know, you don't think you're up to that level. Listen, anybody that plays golf knows what that feeling's like, being on the course with somebody a lot better than you. It's just weird. <laughs> it, it's is weird. Pretty, it is pretty cool, yeah. though, like... Yeah. You know, one of the best players in the game is your son-in-law. And he wants to take you out to the range to show you a few things, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Yes, let's go do that." He'd be like, he'd be getting sick of me. Can I caddy for you, Dustin? But uh, it is kind of a, a statement about what kind of guy Gretzky is. That you know, he thought enough about Dustin to kind of give him some guidance, and and Dustin was smart enough to take his advice. Yeah, uh, let's. He, he tells one other quick story about his son. Gretzky loved baseball called his son Ty after Ty Cobb. His son comes to him one day and says, Dad, you know what? I don't like baseball. (laughs) And he was disappointed. He wanted to play hockey. So Gretzky says to his son Ty, if you're going to play hockey, okay, you got to take it seriously. It's not going to be Southern California. You're either going to have to move to a northern state, move in with with the grandparents in Brantford. you got to play that level of hockey. Anyway, he ends up going to the University of Minnesota. And about a year later, he comes back to his dad and said, I'm going to quit. And he goes, why? And he said, well, whenever I play hockey, he says, I just, it's constant jabbering from the other team. And uh, it, what, what, what are they saying? He said, to a person, they all in my ear say, oh, you're not as good as your dad. Right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what that's like? So Gretzky says to him, so what, what do you say back? And he says, oh, I just look at them and say, hey, bud, you ain't either. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. You know, that's that's one good thing about our children. They'll never have to worry about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to uh, Dan's news, but first, this important message. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Uh, Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lisa's living room, with Humble and Fred News and Views, here is Dan Daru. 
China in space. Yesterday, China launched a third module of their space station, and it was a success. The uh, Tengang space station, it means palace in the sky, and I pronounced that improperly, I'm, I'm sure, is now one of two space stations currently orbiting the Earth. The other, of course, being the International Space Station. And compared to the ISS, the China space station is relatively small. But it's up there floating around. In the meantime, there's all kinds of satellites up there. And there's an international discussion about war and space satellites. Because recently, uh, Russia sort of kind of did a, a threat to strike Western satellites aiding Ukraine, and which is highlighting an untested area of international law, raising concern among space lawyers. I didn't even know it was space lawyers. Can you imagine? There's, <laughs> there's lawyers, space lawyers, of course, there's there. space lawyers. How naive. <laughs> <laughs> so one satellite goes up and all of a sudden there's space lawyers. Anyway, so there's a lot of discussion about, you know, uh, if it's a legitimate target or not and in, in the time of war and uh, if uh, you like if any of the satellites do get hit by the Russians, then, you know, what that what is that going to trigger? And, you know, the whole, uh, you know, well, the, the, it's on a hair trigger. The earth is about ready to blow up with everything going on, I think. Yeah, I don't know whether to tell you. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's time to look for options, Dan. We got to get off this planet. <laughs> we really need to find some new. We need a new planet. You know, not to get overly seriously and down. Mm, you know, I'm sure. Um, Here we go. We're about to get all bummed out, everyone. On the space station point or the... No, it's another point that's going to bum us out. What's going on with the, the world? Planet. Because it's... You know, sometimes I have conversations with my kids and they talk about, yeah, they, what's going on in the world is uh, is weird. And, like, you know, what's the future going to be like for our kids? And I like to point out to them that, you know, throughout history, there's ups and downs and there's good times and bad times. But... Deep down inside, I know these times are a bit different, you know, because of, you know, global warming and because of, uh, you know, the tension in the world and everything. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. And I I'm I'm being a bit disingenuous with them. I'm trying to give them a little bit of optimism. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I don't want to bum my kids out and tell them that this is we're all doomed. I'm serious. No, I'm buddy. I'm the same. Like I'll have discussions of three, my two children and I about the serious nature of things. And I'm always like, yes, "Yes, but you know, this is history, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It was always, was always thus. But yeah, I don't want to say if I were you guys, I would just, you know, let's all, I'm checking out early. Fuck this shit. Like, (laughs) honestly, what do you do? Because it's like, yeah, this, this feels a bit different. Like, well, I hope I'm wrong. No, all you, you don't think fine is you're building your dump, your bunker. Exactly. You know <laughs> what? You, you just think about where you started and how you've how much uh, your life you've you've lived a great life. Started off as a young broadcast student trying to jam uh, on off switches up your ass or whatever you did. I mean, like, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on air, lights. I did that. On yeah. air lights. Yeah. Oh. I got one up there now. <laughs> oh, on. Oh, off. Oh, on. Mm-hmm. What? Are you, don't be absurd. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Fred can find joy wherever he wants it. Uh, oh, uh, he's a joy finder, all right. He's a fucking... <laughs> he's a joy finder, all right. He's a fucking... He's a truffle. He's a truffle pig of joy. <laughs> Where's the joy at? Fred, find the joy. <laughs> but yeah, what, what, do you, what do you tell your kids? We're all doomed. Happy Thanksgiving. 
you sing the song, The Sun Will Rise Tomorrow or something like that. You know, like you find this, you know, blades of grass are still growing. So there's that. There's flowers still. Yes, you're right. You're right. The sun will come up tomorrow, Dan. Uh, actually, I was, I don't know, you, were you, I can't remember if you were back in armor talking about how, you know, this whole fall, September, October, and now into November, the weather has been uh, pretty, I mean, you're a former weatherman. You must see this. Yeah, it's an uh, unusual weather trend. I welcome it because, like Bill Brio, I really haven't finished closing everything up at the lake yet. So, yeah, when do you... you know, uh, there, 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 right there. What's that? What's, what's that? Well, he's a big, you know, climate change guy, environment and everything. But right now... <laughs> oh, it's convenient. Because it's That's convenient right. for Dan Durand to close his trip. He's okay with this global warming mm. shit. That's right. I'm not yeah, really he doesn't okay care. Right, hypocrite. I'm taking advantage. Oh, sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> We're all hypocrites he's having, on some level. He's yes, having fucking are. David we Suzuki are. over for gluten-free non-bread. <laughs> sure he is. <laughs> Dan Duran. He Dan Duran loves the environment when it suits Dan Duran. All right, kid. <laughs> uh, you know, t- yes, go what, ahead. What uh, on the news last night? You know they were pounding the story that Canadians feel less optimistic right now about the economy and their savings and their future than ever before. And I'm thinking, well, no wonder. Mm-hmm. Because you get a constant barrage of that now, and it gets back to the thing where you might have found out that, hey, the economy, economy slipping a bit, you know, once during the evening news, or maybe if you read it in the newspaper. I know I lean on this all the time, but it's true. But now we're getting a con... All day long, you're told about how fucked up we are. How, how do you not... How do you, how do you feel no, anything but pessimistic? Because it used to be years ago, you had to wait till 6 o'clock for an old white guy to tell you we're fucked up. And, he, right. and he, then it was only for a half an hour a day, and then you could go back to, yeah. listen, you know, to staring at the radio. Being oblivious. Ignorance exactly. is bliss. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Right listen. about that. There was other times, though, like, you know, the old duck and cover times, you know, the people yes, who there were, yes. you know, the nuclear war imagine? threat. Uh-huh. Oh, exactly. Well, tomorrow on the show, uh, the return of this kid, Stu Stone, he's not a kid anymore, but years ago, we met him, as I mentioned yesterday, that, uh, you know, it was all kind of tied into me listening to Mark Maron's interview with Bob Saget. Then I started thinking about Stu Stone, and Stu Stone is coming on tomorrow. And uh, this is how we all met years ago. He uh, dropped in on the Edge Morning Show and told us about a thing he had done with Bob Saget. Here it is. And again, as I mentioned yesterday, if you were like me, a big fan of Bob Saget's stand-up, if you want to go back and listen to the interview, just the way he talked about Saget being such a good guy, and it kind of ties in with my friend that I mentioned today, Tim Steves. As Bill mentioned, all the comments are about the the comedy, Canadian comedy community, about what a good guy Tim was, very much like every, you know, no one's had a bad word to say about Bob Saget. Uh, Dan Duran, are you uh, in an emotional spot now we can close this program? I think so, yeah. Okay, and I uh, hope you're feeling better. I know I talked to Dan yesterday. He's uh, still a little tired. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think uh, I'm ahead of you, so I'm feeling good about that. I'm better you're than done, you. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. I feel better than you do. Yeah. Uh, I'm just about there. Well, that's the whole concept of... Uh, of life basically isn't it like uh, no matter how bad you feel or how that's hard right. times are there's always somebody worse off you can point to yes yeah. that's what that's what the internet's for <laughs> <It's> just, 
fine people. That's right. 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 (laughs) I feel like shit, but there's got to be somebody worse than me. That guy Uh, over there doesn't have a right leg, you fucker. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I've got all my legs. Fuck that guy. Okay, Dan. uh, Here you go. Dan Duran times. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plant, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventure spirit, adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. You can email us, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com and on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Like us, subscribe us to us, and give us all the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, we do not endorse sticking an on-air light up your ass. Mm. Enjoy every goddamn day. Fantastic. Fantastic.